Well, here we are, a day late and a dollar short, as they say. This is Eugene, your agent in Toronto. Welcome to the agency. Well, hi, Eugene. It's Candy here in Chicago. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Good. I'm sore and uncomfortable from my booster shot yesterday. Oh, are you really? Oh, God, my arm is just killing me. And it's been about, uh, oh, it's almost probably, oh, it's 24 hours as of now. Yeah, so I had a little tossing and turning through the night. Last week, Stan got his booster and he woke up hallucinating. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got our flu shots last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not eligible for a booster until another couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ours it has was... to be six six months from our last yeah, exactly. shot. Yeah. And I'd gotten a, a vaccinated a little sooner than you guys did. So. So anyway, that's done. That's good. Just a little bit uncomfortable. I'm wondering how I'm going to work today. <laughs> And work has been insane. Stag worked. He's come back to work a couple of shifts too with me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and it's been busy, busy. Like, I am so tired from how busy we are. So, I guess we're glad that people are going out. Well, they do yeah, things. Sure. So, it's great. Yeah. But I we mean, I don't know slammed. who's doing it. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I know. Some people are going out a lot, but uh, do you think it's maybe in the States more than probably Canada? I think there's lots of people here are going out a lot too. Okay. Lots of people traveling. I know people who uh, traveled to Greece, for instance. Oh wow! Um, you wouldn't get me going to to Europe unless it was for like a you know someone who was ill or something like that. Right, right. Um, I uh, I thought though I don't, that they don't feel like traveling much. Yeah. Um, well, we're hoping to go to Europe in the next couple of months, few months. We're hoping to. Um, COVID numbers are going up a little bit this around here this week. And then boosters are going up too. So I guess we'll just wait and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And we're probably going to what... travel to New Mexico because um, my paper got it. My proposal got accepted at the conference. Well, excellent. It's... Well, that was a great synopsis that Thank you wrote you. For, for this Thanks. proposal. I should read it on here, shouldn't I? Oh, you could, yeah. yeah I mean, usually Candy Candy sends them to me and says, "Does this make sense?" And I and I say, "No, it doesn't make any sense at all. I don't know what the hell you're talking about." And I have to rewrite. I, that's it a lot of recognition on the other it end. Is a it's absolutely true. I I have no idea what this is about. <laughs> and then you work with it, work with it until it gets to the point where it's like, "Yeah, I sort of know what you're talking about." <laughs> well, but this funny. one, I totally knew. Yeah, I was just wrote it really simple. You know, I like to put a little bit of pretension in there because I figure that'll get me know accepted a little pretentious you know but this I one see. i kept pretty simple yeah well anyway, I think so clarity we're excited is... about that clarity is good <laughs> clarity is always good and um yeah i don't know so we're planning on that we haven't got any details down yet how we're going to do that or anything but we're working on it we don't so tell the listeners it. what you're going to talk about uh yeah i could read that out i guess I could do you it could, later or, or you could just uh, tell uh, us. I know that, that means I have to really like think hard. You could read um, it out. Yeah. Why don't you read it out, Candy? I'm trying to find it now. I can't remember what it was called on my computer. I have so much stuff on my desktop. One time um, I had a guy editing film on here and he goes, you just can't keep your desktop like this. But I like it all with all my stuff showing on it. I love it. It's so busy and I can find everything. But right now I can't find this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when you find it, we can go back. Sure, to it. I'll come back to it. Sounds good. Well, I was out. Uh, what are you up to? I was out uh, uh, racking up some husband points this morning. Oh, that's always. I was good. Uh, putting up the Christmas lights. Oh, I love it! Yeah. How great is that? So I think I mentioned about the shed. 
and I put everything in the shed uh, uh-huh. before thinking about what I had I to remember. get out of the shed. Well, the Christmas lights were at the bottom of everything. Right. So I take everything out of the shed <laughs> to, get, to get the Christmas lights right. out of there. And then plus we got some more because it just, it was kind of meager last year. We thought we would, you know, add another section of light so we did that I love it. anyway i got it all it's all up now and uh the holiday lights are, are happening we're mm. holiday in here good good i love that that's your that's already. my total holiday effort well good for you well i got some holiday gifts i'm going to be sending you Woo-hoo. Well, yeah one of them's not so secret you're going to kill me so i can tell you right now do you want me to tell you well why you you could say whatever you like it's half your podcast well yes what i did was i actually got i shouldn't say how many copies i got because i don't want one of our listeners to know i got it for them but i did get that hot new book called the dawn of everything and i got you a copy and Uh you're gonna gonna kill me it's like ginormous oh great (laughs) you know what it's it is the history of everything it's not gonna be it's i'm worried i think it's funnier than the physics book so I think it'll be a little the more entertaining. The physics book wasn't that funny. No, and I think this one's got a little bit more charm. And one of the authors is a real hero of mine. First of all, he studied at in Chicago with a superhero of mine, Marshall Salins, an anthropologist. And uh, David Greber is an anthropologist, and he coined the phrase, we are the 99%. He also helped, along with Canadians, I, I, I don't know if you knew this, Canadians from Adbusters helped start Occupy Wall Street. Were you familiar with that? No. Yeah, it was a Canadian influence. Um, Adbusters, a great favorite magazine of mine coming out of Vancouver. And they and David Grober were two of the forces starting Occupy Wall Street, which was 10 years ago. It wrapped up on November 15th, 10 years ago. Isn't that crazy? Hmm. Probably one of the most important protests ever. Pretty, well, they're all important. They're all important. So... Anyway, I did get you a copy of this book. That's not your present. That's just a present. It's not an ah, official uh, holiday present. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, whatever. Yeah, and it's ginormous and you're going to kill me. But you know what? Skip to the part you like. I just, think there was a novel that was like the history of everything. Something. Moby I could Dick? have the title a little bit. Well, <laughs> I, I was, it was, I think it was about communes in Vancouver Island. It was a oh, novel. It was. I did not give you that. No, but I, I read it. Yeah, I, I read oh. one of our listeners. I know will know what book I'm talking about and will uh, correct us with the title. Right, I can't uh, spe- think of it at all. Speaking of which, didn't we have mail this week? We did have mail. Should we read that? I you think got- we should. Are all you right, going to read it? Or do you want no, me to? you read it. You, you're better at reading mail. Ah, I yeah. see. Well, that means I've got to open up the mail. All right. Uh, I haven't got it. <laughs> so I, we're I all thought- pokey today. That's all right. Yeah. We're all opening things and looking for well, things. I, you know, I came in from the Christmas lights and putting yes. the shed back together. And right. then I had to gobble down a quick lunch. Good. Um, okay, well, I have see. some like old coffee here in front of me that I was trying to get ready. I was not ready. And then I'm, I had such a terrible sleep because of this booster. I, I, I even slept on my arm that was sore. So okay. anyways, I'm okay, glad well, I have it. Oh, you found it? Um, yeah. Samir Khan sent us an invoice. For our subscription to Norton Total All-Around Security, which we don't have. We don't have, and, and that's a BS. And yeah. uh, Patrick Carolyn sent us an invoice for our <laughs> annual subscription to Norton. Nope. And Caden Duarte um, oh. welcomed us, and Caden uh, appreciates our interest in their, in their products, and our subscription for Norton Total Protection is ready. <laughs> 
Adam Thomas sent us an invoice. Welcome customer. Our annual subscription for Norton That's 360 crazy. is ready. Kara Adasoff. Um, oh, I look at that. It's an invoice for Norton 360. I don't even think you use Norton on our computers. I think no, that's, we don't. No, we don't. That's something also, for PCs, right? Baji Rao also okay. sent us uh, an invoice for the same thing. But in amongst all of those, <laughs> all of those invoices is um, a note from a fellow named Andy. Yay. Hi, Candy and Eugene. I just wanted to drop a note that I have been enjoying the podcast, new episodes and previous episodes that I select at random. Among mm. other things, that's kind of how we do them at random. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> among other things, I find the show very inspirational. I've been able to get back to some of my own creative practice recently. And a lot of that has to do with you too. So thank you for that. Wow. Happy face. Yay. Mm -hmm. I jotted down a few reflections based on things I heard on the show. This got kind of long, but you know, we're in a pandemic and I don't have a lot to do. So here it goes. Good. In the episode where you discussed uh, Jim Jarmusch's Patterson, you mentioned his unusual writing style where he seemed to write fully formed lines without doing much editing or revising. This reminded me of Tim Robbins, who claimed in interviews that he wrote very slowly one deliberate word and sentence at a time, but never did any revising. This isn't necessarily an endorsement of Tim Robbins. Tom Robbins. Right. I'm saying Tim. I mean Tom. Tom, yeah. Um, you knew that. Uh, I don't think his books have aged particularly well, at least for me, although I did like them years ago when I first read them. Incidentally, when I was a freshman in college in 1998, I did not own a computer at that time, so I would go down to the dorm's computer lab where I stumbled on a Tom Robbins fan forum, which I think is the first time I ever interacted with strangers on the internet in any meaningful way. I remember being really interested in the whole forum scene at the time, mm. which has stuck with me in different mm. venues to this day. Also, in that discussion of Patterson, you mentioned the bookshelf in the movie. It reminded me of a scene in Dark Habits by Pedro Almodovar, uh, which I watched recently. Uh, in one particular scene, the camera pans over a wall in the Mother Superior's office where she has hung up photos of all her favorite sinners. I can't really identify too many of them. I think Marilyn Monroe and Bridget Bardot are there. <laughs> it's quite a good scene where the Mother Superior and the main character discuss their love of sentimental music and the Mother Superior talks about how it is in in imperfect creatures that God finds all his greatness. Oh. I think this movie manages to satirize religion while also making a unique case for it. Not that I've gone religious or anything, but still. <laughs> I think the movie also ties in with the story of Candy's friend from the Regina LSD study, oh, since yeah. one of the nuns in How Dark Habits is constantly on LSD as she seems to have found that it facilitates having spiritual visions of God. Ha ha ha. <laughs> on another note i haven't been able to watch american rust but the way you two talk about it makes me think of the sinner another rather dark police detective drama series mm. if you haven't seen it bill pullman plays the main character and i feel like uh this is his perfect role he gets a lot of mileage out of this shifty eye thing he does and there's a notable a notable if too brief uh bds and m theme throughout the first season oh, i love a good BDS not played for laughs which <laughs> seems quite rare anyway my partner now kind of ex-partner and i watched the first two seasons and found it quite excellent maybe i shouldn't have read that i don't know 
very difficult to guess where the story is going from one episode to the next and all sorts of excellent performances. Jessica Biel is wonderful in season one. I will have to continue this another time as this is way longer than I intended. Oh, just keep them coming. Keep the emails coming. Please. And I'm running out of the house. Anyway, nice to hear your voice in the podcast, Candy. It takes me back to all our good times in Chicago and Wisconsin with you and Stag. Mm -hmm. And nice to meet you, Eugene. Take care. Andy. Wow. Great email. Thank you so much. We're lucky when we get an email. Andy, that was fantastic. We um, are. And you didn't even try to invoice us for our Norton 360. <laughs> So you get bonuses for that. Um, yeah, that's great. Andy and I, the first time we met in person was I, we had met online on a forum and then we got together, went to a pub called Pint in um, Wicker Park to meet to talk about, I was starting an art program with the Franciscan monks um, outreach for unhoused persons. So I got art supplies donated and Andy got involved in that and we started just having, he changed my life in, in Chicago, no less than changed my life in Chicago. It was like, we had so much fun and uh, we'd just go out and do stuff. It was fantastic. One thing that I noticed when I, uh, he was reading was, um, it was Alan Ginsberg who said first word, best word. I don't agree with that, but that's interesting because that was kind of a beatnik concept with Alan Ginsberg, right? He said he would just write his whole thing. And I thought in Patterson, yeah. but they you were know, kind of you know playing something? with that. What? I don't believe him. I don't believe him either. Uh, I don't Kerouac him also either. claimed to have written On the Road in two weeks. And I don't believe that either. So do I you believe think he, he had have actually notes? typed it out in yeah. two weeks. Yeah. But I believe it was fully formed I do too. before he ever sat I down do with too. the typewriter. Because and that's the way that's the way artists and writers work you Correct. always have ideas churning around Correct. and your brain is trying to form them and as they come together you can manifest them in in words um or oh speaking of writing <laughs> i have to digress here you know okay. one of our one of our listeners tim i believe said that we should be writing Together, we should try to write oh, a collaborative God. Are you gonna mystery story. <laughs> and I did write a chapter and yes, sent it did. to you yes. months, months ago. I know. And I know. I've been waiting and waiting. I know. Come on, and you have, promised it this week. I, I, I do. Well, you know what? I will just send it off today as is. I will really work on doing that. It starts out with someone wrapping duct tape around someone. So I can okay. tell you that I, I, You know, I think that the, we don't have to worry about the details. Let's get the, the big stuff in. Details later. I know. You I like know, the 50th I, rewrite. I really do fuss and I panic and paranoia. And plus, then I also went on the road a lot. I really have been on the road. I had to take that job in Tennessee. I wanted to. And one thing leads to another. Mm. Sorry about that. I just, it was just a reminder. Well, that's it's a all. good idea. Publicly out me and I will. I know that's the way, because I tried to do it privately. And, yeah. and you completely forgot about it again. <laughs> so I'm publicly doing it this all time. Right. If, well, you know, Tim is waiting for the damn mystery novel and it's not going anywhere. The other thing is, so Stephen Dobbins, who you've read, we both read Church of the Dead Girls. Do you remember that one? Long time oh, ago. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, great, great mystery story. He's a poet, but he he contested uh, Allen Ginsberg and said that's not how you write. He wrote a great literary criticism book about uh, first word. I don't remember what it's called. It was a play on first word, best word. It was like first word, not best word or something like that. Um, yeah, great letter. I've watched The Sinner. Um, Andy mentioned The Sinner. I've watched both seasons of him. He's absolutely right. Bill Pullman is fantastic. Jessica Beale is really good. Jessica Beale, 
She's just so compelling. You have to watch her. And she was very good in the first season of The Sinner. And Bill Pullman was fantastic, which he's right to kind of compare it to American Rust, which I finished. Not yeah, a fan. You know, American Not Rust, fan. by the way, um, yeah. last, last week, you said that American Rust had had its finale. And I'm like, no, 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 it's, no it it's not, sorry. It's not. Right. Well, it was, that was that last episode last oh, week. Oh, it was. Oh, okay. Yes, it was. Like, and so I went like this last Sunday, to we tuned in expecting to get the next episode because right. there's no way no. they could have left it with such an, with really such an unresolved and frankly, not that interesting episode. Right. You know, so I, I think they really owed us a little bit more than they gave us in this season. And, you know, I'm, I'm officially declaring disappointment. Well, I'm officially um, declaring that I did not like the dialogue at all. I think the direction, the set direction, the film direction, the acting, fantastic. Dialogue stunk. Terrible, terrible. It's a crime against humanity. Um, and that's what I think it was. It was too much of someone driving to a reservoir. Then they go tell someone, I drove to a reservoir. Then they uh, make a cup of coffee. I made a cup of coffee. It's just too literal. The dialogue was just it just killed the show. Also, it, it was it was a little bit hard to take. Yes. Yeah. And, and also that the different they they just couldn't link together the various different streams effectively. And I didn't believe most of the characters. No, me neither. And it was also just I think they were like I said, they were stuck saying stupid things. Um, the other thing is comparing it to Mayor of Easttown. Mayor of Easttown had some redeeming fascinating comedic moments and characters uh, and better writing oh and much much better much writing. better writing i think overall the concept of the novel probably was very good i'm sure the novel was better but something about dragging this out to nine episodes without adding dialogue and character uh, yeah it was it wasn't nine episodes worth of of show was it? oh maybe that's three. it and they managed they managed to as i like to say they managed to stuff three good episodes uh into a nine episode format yeah, so I feel hard bad. To do, I don't they, like they not it. liking something, but I didn't like that. Um, yeah, I didn't like that. I have the... no problem with not liking yeah, it. Although there were individual episodes Absolutely. that we liked. I, I sure. agree. And I there agree were aspects of it that we liked. But overall, you know, and I really, I didn't believe the character change of Billy's mother. Right. I didn't, I just didn't believe it. Oh, she was a jerk. Um, I didn't like anything to do with her. And I love the actress. So again, this is not the acting. This is the writing. It just was not uh, cool. It was not believable. And it was boring. It was worse. It was boring. Um, you know, I thought about fast forwarding some of the episodes. And that's not a good thing. <laughs> now compare that to I started my beloved Dexter, New Blood. Dexter was an incredible series. Ended in 2013. And I thought that was it. In a million years, I never expected another Dexter. So I was pretty excited. And I, I, after coming off of American Rust, I put on Dexter. And that is exactly what you want in a TV show. It starts out with Iggy Pop passenger music. And he's running. the Dexter's running. It is such a great song. And he's running through a winter forest in the Pacific Northwest. Because at the end of Dexter... The, the previous series, he moved from Miami to go hide in the Pacific Northwest, like a logging town. And um, this new setting is fantastic. The characters are amazing. The writing is already stupendous. And it's just a lot of fun and scary and drama and comedy all at once. 
It's fantastic. I can't wait to see how this plays out. The other thing that we've seen on Sundays uh, is uh, Succession, which we're oh, continuing yeah. to watch. And the last episode was the shareholders meeting episode. And it was it was splendid. It was it was really wonderful. Mm. Um, and also, I realized where I recognize one of the actors from. Now, oh. you know, the character of Tom was in MI5. Yes, yes. Well, do you remember that that Tom had a love interest who was a CIA uh -huh. agent? I do. Well, that's the actress who plays Sandy. How fun. I wonder if it's the same, if there's other production connections. Why I they don't would be know. Together. But yeah. suddenly I just, I was watching <laughs> the, the episode and suddenly like, oh no, she was an MI5. She was a that's CIA funny. agent. That's and funny. Um, I think it's hilarious because um, she may even have the same name. I don't know. Cause they right. left Tom have the same name. Right. And I'm right. sure somebody deliberately did that. Cool. I so anyway, it. I'm, I am enjoying uh succession because, you know, um, we have the real life thing going on here right. um, with, uh, with Rogers and that just, they, mm. they fired their CEO, I believe today or yesterday. Wow. Uh, and the guy who, the one son who took over the board, the some judge has said, yeah, that's legal. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it's, it's succession. It's just the right. same thing. Right. Cool. So very cool. And I liked it too. I'm going to go back to it. Uh, I, I get caught up in my little favorite, favorite shows. And then um, there's another show it. that Sheila's been watching and I, I go upstairs when it's on oh, no. and I do collages <laughs> Um, and I sort of half watch it. Uh, yeah. I want to like it, but it's not interesting enough to oh. really hold my attention. But it's interesting enough to sort of have it on in the background. And it's, I'm going to call it a hacking thriller. It's oh. called Startup. Oh. Uh, it's set in Miami. It's on uh, Netflix. There's three seasons of it. Oh. Uh, it stars um, uh, Adam Brody as Nick. Uh -huh. And Nick's job is to be uh, kind of dumb and good looking. And it has uh, Edie or Eddie Gategi as Ron. And his job is to be a badass Haitian gangster <laughs> come corporate executive. Uh, it has uh, Atmara Marrero as Izzy. And Izzy is... Um, a whiz kid coder who invents a new cryptocurrency and Martin Freeman oh. as a uh, agent Phil, who's an FBI agent. And then Ron Perlman shows up as an oh. investor named Wes. Oh, wow. Ron Perlman from Sons of Anarchy. Oh, it's got yep. a great cast. Yep. Yeah. Martin Freeman um, from Sherlock. Um, so exactly. So Lord it's of got the Rings. Uh, Izzy creates this digital currency called GenCoin and he partners with a banker and the gangster and somehow they attract the attention of the FBI and the NS NSA and lots of people get killed uh, <laughs> along the way and uh, Izzy does things that are stupid and dangerous all the time. Okay. Um, that's sort of what she does. Uh -huh. uh, it's infused with violence throughout um, it's got a kind of incomprehensible plot line, mm -hmm. um, unpredictable, incomprehensible plot twists. I have the idea at the time. I have no idea what the hell's <laughs> going on. Um, and, uh, I asked Sheila, she says, don't worry about it. And I don't. Right. Um, so 
that there's that okay so, sounds i mean is anyone out there watching startup i, I wonder and I wonder. Uh, do you think it's any good sounds sheila fun. really likes it uh it's just i don't know what the hell's going on in it and like yeah, yeah. you know is it well, is it a story probably... about hacking and and the closest you get to hacking is you see some computers and you see Izzy typing away at 100 miles an hour right. and you see some like lines of DOS coding, right? Yeah, That's, I guess the that challenge represents is, hacking, right? You, the challenge is making something about being on a computer captivating in other ways. Right. Yeah, it's like if if you took, do you remember that show iRobot? Yes, the iRobot. Of course, it's like imagine you 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 took a show like iRobot and you tried to make it normal. Right. For no. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. So that's what this is. Okay. So it's got like that whole hacking mm. stuff, but mm. it it's just not so really weird. And it, it they're trying to make it into like SVU. Right. Right. Anyway, wow. I didn't think it's great. Sheila likes it. I don't know. Right. Well, did you watch Adele? Uh, no. What about Adele? Oh, it was so fantastic. The other night, I think it was Sunday night. It was a big special on CBS. Adele was singing in Los Angeles outside on a mountain. Fantastic. Ah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's my God. Right. It was she so talked to good. Oprah, right? Yeah, and she talked to Oprah. That's right. Well, that, so there you go. There you go. Well, they, what happened to Adele? Like I saw all well, of a sudden there's pictures of Adele everywhere. She had a baby. She doesn't look like she doesn't look like Adele anymore. Well, she looks she like Adele looks to me. Like, she looks like a, like a Vogue cover to me. Well, I always thought she looked like a Vogue cover. She's so gorgeous and what I like about her, she dresses like a classical um, opera singer all the time. I love that when she's performing. Um, you know, she's not out in underwear. Or not that there's anything wrong with that, but she at least as a pop star, I just love it that she's out there with her her beautiful voice and a beautiful evening gowns. And she had a gorgeous yeah, it shows respect gown. for the audience. I guess so. And yeah, it's just you fun. know, there's there's a country singer I really like named named Sierra Farrell who also dresses for every show. Every show is some kind of really interesting, unique. Uh, outfit right. and you think well, oh this do. is she's like just it's just all about the glamour and then you listen and you go oh my god she can play yeah she well everyone really on well. stage is wearing um a wardrobe or a costume of something that they've decided and in fact i remember when stag was really surprised he saw a hip-hop artist walking in with a uh you know his um a clear um uh, dry cleaning bag almost like one of those um uh soup case and he a suit a suit cover bag and he could see his outfit and you know half an hour later he was wearing it on the stage but it was just another track suit that like the one he'd been wearing when he walked into the show so every, <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> well yeah but everyone has that i mean do you think that the rolling stones are wearing the same clothes you know on the way to the show that they wear on stage no they put their costume on even if it's similar to what they might be wearing anyway usually oh. people dress in a special outfit for stage um, from everyone, from Madonna to any. So in, yeah, in that I, I way, they're I, not being disrespectful. Yeah. They're just different costumes for different shows. Sure. Yeah. So anyway, she had, a, I love it that she dresses like Did a you hear that? classical Did you hear the, singer. The sure, which was the bite your tongue and just don't get into I know. Yeah, I understood this the sure. Yeah. Sure. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes it's okay to do that. <laughs> it's not a point. I just remember before he checked out, uh, remember, remember Justin Towns Earl? Yeah. He used to always say, if you're in my band, mm -hmm. you're going to dress nice. You're going to yeah. show some respect for the audience. You're sure, allowed to wear a hat, but no baseball nice. caps. Right. 
well, I don't know if baseball caps are disrespectful or not. I, I, I think that's too moral. For no, him, I, I mean, that's his personal, personal, I'm not a moralist. personal ethic, right? Yeah, I'm not a moralist. His personal ethic also was, was banging heroin. But Yeah, anyway. I don't know if that's ethic or if that's moralist. I'm not a moralist. So I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't care about that morality thing of like that. To me, whatever Miley Cyrus wears on stage, Katy Perry, they're performing, they're entertainers. Um, they've made a decision. That's their creative look for that show, right. whether it's jeans or, um, you know, a bikini. Yeah, I'm not That's arguing with doing. you. Yeah, I good. bit my tongue. I'm not arguing. Yeah, I know you yeah, I mean, you're, you're having the argument. I'm well, not having the argument. I stopped. And I'm arguing with Justin Earl. It's like, that's not showing more respect than what Miley Cyrus wears. You know, that's that's your I idea. Think he was, I don't think he was making a, a comparison. Right. Okay. I just think he wanted his his people to make an effort. Well, hopefully, if you're a creative person, you like dressing creatively, too. I mean, I think that goes with rock and roll anyway and pop songs. Oh, so anyway, Adele was incredible. As soon as she starts singing, I just started crying. Her, uh, she's just quite her, a singer. Oh, my God. So beautiful. Chills down my spine. Just chills. And then it would cut. And they, they did it in an interesting way where then it would go to Oprah and her sitting outside in Oprah's garden talking about her life. So what happened to her when you asked is that was answered during the interviews. Oh. She definitely was met. You know, she had gotten married. She'd been with her boyfriend as far as I understood since they were in high school. Now they had recently gotten divorced about three years ago. So there was some turmoil in the last few years. She hasn't made an album in six years. So that's what happened. I think it was her personal life, raising her son, being a family person and then coming to the realization that she did not be happy in her marriage and feeling very depressed about ending that marriage and a lot of guilt, she said. And uh, well, I'm now glad coming... she talked to Oprah about it because, <laughs> because really it's important to have that kind of therapy session in front of 57 trillion people. Yes, yes. And she's been doing weightlifting and, and exercising for a few years now. Oh, maybe that's what it is because she just doesn't yeah. look like the same person to me. She looks exactly the same to me, but except she's more fit in a different way like she's you know she said she lost 100 pounds so wow, that's a yeah, lot that's a lot so uh but I that's why she looks different to me 100 yeah, pounds is a big difference it's a big difference but her face looks the same to me um yeah yeah, yeah. she's a gorgeous looking woman um so that was a lot of fun i thought that was really to me that was good old-fashioned tv programming that everybody could was so fun and so entertaining and uh the celebrities in the audience were crazy like Drake was there, Melissa McCarthy was there, Seth Rogen. It was crazy. It was on top of the Griffins Observatory on top of L.A. And it was just a beautiful evening, night sky, sunset. It was like, wow, you couldn't have made it more beautiful. Right. It was pretty incredible. They, they did good. They did really well, good. good. Well, yeah. Uh, she got like a new recording out or something? I guess like she does. Too, oh, yeah. She has blogging. a great song. That was the other thing. Is I really like her new song, Go Easy On Me. And I thought, oh, what a beautiful song. But then she said it was actually to her kid. And that is just amazing because she's saying, when you get older, you're going to hate me. Can you go easy on me for, you know, breaking up the family? Oh, it's just choking me up. <laughs> it's already choking me up. <laughs> So, um, you know, she's and she's just such a great songwriter. She really has a way with words and, and, and interpreting them. It's incredible. So anyway, that was worth seeing, I think. That's what right. I... I miss that. Yeah, I thought Sheila would have had it on TV for sure. Mm, no. No, huh? Okay. No, but I she did go to see a, a kid's you. movie last night about a dog. Oh, Clifford? Clifford, yeah. She was yeah, the yeah. Clifford movie. <laughs> I think there, were, there was her and a mom and a little oh. kid there. Oh, funny. And the little yeah. kid was running around. 
Oh, yeah. Yeesh. Yeah, oh, she was going to go to that. There was like a, a Lady Diana movie, but then she decided she didn't really want to go to see that. And I was being boring. Oh, I, I want to see go that. last night. I'm definitely going to see the Lady Diana movie. That's with Christian Stewart, I think. Ah. Is it? I think. I have no idea. I don't know either. Me. No, neither do I. But I did go out to the movies the other day. You did? Sheila and I went out to the movies, yes. Um, we, we went to see Belfast. Oh, how was it? Um, hmm. oh. Well, I think, it's, I think it's almost great. Okay. Um, Is it okay? And by, by great, <laughs> I mean with a capital G, great. I oh. mean, I think it's almost the kind of movie you'll talk about in 50 years. Oh. It's very, very close to that. It's not quite there. Hmm. But I mean, great in a, like a, a Citizen Kane kind of way. Right, right. Um, I think it's a, it's absolutely beautifully put together movie. Mm. Kenneth um, Branagh can make a good movie. Uh, it's it's really fantastic, and I appreciated a number of things about it, and a few things I didn't appreciate. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing is it opens up. The first thing you hear is Van Morrison. Oh, and but... that's exactly it. It's like. <laughs> You know, I'm done with anti-vaxxers. You know, I'm done with Van Morrison. And I thought, you know, couldn't they have found anyone you else too? to do the music? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think I like I know, you either. I know, I know. Uh, just because I, I just can't handle what it. What Van Morrison Remember, song I, was it? Well, they they had throughout the Van Morrison throughout. Oh, interesting Van Morrison, choice. most of the music was by Van Morrison. Oh, almost really? I'm very surprised they made that and, decision. And it, it's set in 1969, mm-hmm. but most of the music was Van Morrison from later. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of the more um, loungy Van Morrison with the sax. The, the, sure. Anyway, when I finished watching the film, I thought, you know, I hate to say it, but the music was actually perfect. Oh, good, good. The music was actually perfect and it kind of made sense that a Belfast native, they, they yes. should have do do the music. Like it, it made a lot of sense. Right. Um, although, you know, it brings up something that that we've talked about before mm-hmm. on this podcast, which is, you know, are can you appreciate the art somebody makes if you know them to be a person that you don't uh, have much respect for? Yes, I can do that. I can do it. I can't and, do it if they've done something really, you know, hideous. Like married their ex-partner's daughter, adopted daughter. Can't accept that. I, you know, <laughs> I, I love I, how I now everybody Morrison thinks... just old and batty. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's, you know what? He's a conservative, right-winger, batty, whatever. That's not the end of the world to me. That's just somebody, I don't so want anyway, to talk I to got, him. I got but over, his music, yeah. Got over that. There were also, there were some very interesting references. There were bits on, on, they would have the TV on in it, and there would be movies starring Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne and Gary Cooper. Interesting. Punctuating the action. And of course, the way those guys are speaking in those movies, it's the same kind of rhetoric that they, they were hearing around Belfast during the Troubles, right? Right. So I'm assuming this is about um, the oppression from England, the assholes in England oppressing Ireland. Actually, no, that's not what the movie is oh. about at oh. all. It's not about fighting back on that? The movie is a, is a coming of age story. Oh, your favorite. <laughs> yes. It's a coming of age story. And okay. it's it's about a young boy um, set in 1969. It's in black and white, entirely filmed in black and white. 
Mm. um, lives on this street where everybody knows everybody. And this young boy, um, uh, he, uh, Billy, um, he's in love with the smartest kid in school. And he's Protestant and the smartest kid in school is Catholic. Mm. And his family is cool with that. But there are people stirring up shit on the street um, mm-hmm. say we have to protect ourselves from those evil Catholics. And you see what you see is what's happening on the street through the kid's point of view. Mm. Um, what it doesn't do is it doesn't take a point of view. Mm. It doesn't take a point of view about who's right. Um, what are the causes? What's the history? Mm. None of that. Mm. Instead, it's a little boy trying to understand why are all my neighbors fighting with each other? And um, what you see is when the kids are out playing, they're playing with a stick and um, a trash can lid and they're playing war. Of course, what else are the kids going to play out in the alley um, to punctuate the troubles? They're out there playing war. Um, But as soon as I saw that scene, what did I, I see in my mind's eye, I saw a painting called The Gladiators. 1940 Philip Gustin. You know the painting? Yep. The kids, the kids are, they've got the trash can lids <laughs> and and the sticks. And of course, later Gustin in his late work reprised that. How many times did he have <laughs> the uh, trash can lid? All right. you see is like the concentric circles, right, right. but you know it's the trash can mm-hmm. lid, right? Mm-hmm. He keeps going back to the same symbols over and over again that that he did um Mm. in his youth so anyway that's what i saw i saw that that reference um so you the movies that it's about the everyday lives of a family trying to to cope with the insanity around them and the pressure on them to take a side Mm. and they just want to live and let live they don't Mm want to take a side um it's a very personal story and it wow. focuses on the personal story. As I say, it doesn't take a point of view. Mm. And, and I think it's received a lot of criticism because yeah. people want, everyone's got a point of view mm-hmm. on this. Um, and it would be the same thing if it were set in the middle East, mm. uh, if, if it didn't take the point of view, people would be upset. Right. Um, the cast in this is written and directed by Kenneth Branagh. So Wallander. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't help but think Henry the Fifth. Um, it's got uh, Jamie Dornan as Pa, uh, Katriana Belfi as Ma. But the the two people who are the stars of this movie, well, besides uh, Colin Morgan as Billy, um, is um, Judy Dench as Granny. Oh God, she's perfect. Oh, wow. So good. She's so good. And Ciaran Hines as Pop. Mm. And I don't know. I've seen him in a dozen different things. Right, right. Um, I never knew his name. Mm. They are so good in their supporting roles. I think really they're the job they do is the definition of best supporting actors. Wow. It's just they really, really flavor the movie in such a wonderful, wonderful way. Um It's a it's a hell of a movie. It really oh, is a hell of a movie. Um, I I think it's uh, 
I think it's it's you should go see it. You I go will. See this one. I will. There's so many movies coming out and so many to watch right now. It's so exciting. Well, it's Very it's true. Exciting. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to think about this one. Yeah. It's not a long. This is the other thing. Oh, I, I love about this <laughs> an hour and thirty seven minutes. <laughs> Kenneth Bronick, I love you. You said it all you had to say in an hour and 37 minutes. You didn't need to have superheroes for an extra hour flying around. You didn't have to have extra explosions. You had just the right amount of explosions and violence that you knew it was all around. Um, You didn't need to to add the extra hour. It seems like there's so many movies, people just don't know when to shut up. Right, I gotta say, Ken, you did it, man. You (laughs) shut up an hour and 37 minutes. That is too funny. Tight, beautiful, in and out. I love it. I watched a great video with Judy Dench (laughs) from a TV show in England, and it's where they find your uh, genealogy and then they find out who you were. Turns out that she's related to a well known family um, in the Renaissance in Denmark. Her first role in Shakespeare was Ophelia in Hamlet. So it was a great little film clip. I think I'm going to share it on our Facebook page because, uh, you know, I love me a big tall glass of Judy Dench. And then just to see she's her so moved, she's so good. And she's so deeply moved by this weird coincidence or maybe not a coincidence. Maybe her family was influenced by this knowledge of back and forth storytelling between England and Denmark um, because the Danish family was kind of famous. But there she is, her first role in Hamlet, and that she liked Shakespeare, and that Shakespeare probably heard of her family in Denmark and wrote Hamlet from it. It's just crazy. Wow. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. very cool. That's really crazy. Yeah, it just came uh, to my mind with you talking about Judy Dench. What are the chances that I would have watched that while you were watching? Sheila and I, we actually had a uh, discussion as we were leaving the theater, yeah. because Sheila didn't think, Sheila thought that the actress who played um, Granny Mm-hmm. Was someone who just happened to be look a, a lot like Judy Dench? Oh, it's not it's Judy Dench, <laughs> and we had this discussion about it. Yeah, and uh, later she said, "Well, you know, it uh, it it was Judy Dench." Yeah, yeah. I guess she looked a little different. She looks well. Yes, I mean, she, yes, yeah. They made she's, her look. She was grannified. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, she is. She's not like she's a spring chicken. No, but maybe she had a different hairstyle. She has a very distinctive look. Yes, in, in and they, they did day. grandify. I would say right. grandifying is a yeah, nice way. Grandifying, yeah. Um, wow, Sounds yeah, very I, good. I think, I think she really. They added a color and commentary uh, mm. to the film mm. and perspective to this this boy, right. um, who. Uh, it's I mean it's it's heartbreaking of course because he just wants peace yeah and they don't want to leave. Yeah. They want to stay because it's their home and they know everybody mm. and they love everybody. Mm. And um, they also know that because they aren't willing to take a side oh boy. that, that they're going to be, they're going to be targeted. And so they really mm. have no choice, but to, but to leave. Right. And there's a wonderful scene where he has a gift for the little girl. The little girl has a gift for, uh, yeah him and mm-hmm. he says you know oh i'm coming back and she's like well you better oh it's, it's really charming yeah. so it's got all that charming actually it, charming coming of age shit that i love yeah who wrote it uh, kenneth Brodick wrote it oh he did what an he animal did, yeah what an animal and 
Um, and and I mean, it's his. I think it's the story of his childhood. I didn't I think know he was Irish. <laughs> he grew up in Belfast. Oh, I didn't know so that. I, I don't think know that's, about I his think life, it's apparently. his story. Oh my God, that's crazy. He's right. I think he's writing his memories Aww. of a young boy Aww. living living through it, trying to understand what the hell's going on mm-hmm. in this world, right? Yeah. And I think they left. I yeah. think his family left. Yeah. You can't so go similar. wrong with Kenneth Branagh. Can't go wrong with him. Well, well, you can't. Now, how did you feel about Dunkirk? That was a very long movie, and he plays the captain out on the mole. I didn't see. Uh, oh, it's so good! If you can try to watch it, it's I really usually good. I usually have to be drag kicking and screaming <laughs> to war movies. Okay, so you're not going to like it then. But what's interesting about Dunkirk? I think it's one of the most amazing movies, and I had a hard time. It, it tricked me. It, it confused me because at the beginning they tell it in three different times. They do the land with the soldiers. At one time period, one, one set. So that's like eight hours. Then they tell air and they tell air in like 10 minutes of time in real life. And then they tell sea. And that's about, uh, I don't know, five hours. And I oh, so did this like a series then. No, it's all one movie. But what I meant by time was what time transpires for the characters. Oh, so I, I see. I see. It's quite fascinating. Um, and now time is something that the Christopher Nolan does play with time a lot. He, you know, we're big, both big fans of him following, right? Mm-hmm. The Batman movies and that. But he does this so unique. Uh, it's quite fascinating. So everybody that's on the land, the time that expires in, in fake time in, in the movie is like 15 hours. In air, it's like 10 minutes. And then on sea, it's like eight hours. And somehow it all, you go back and forth between the storylines. And I didn't really figure it out until after the movie was over. It's absolutely fascinating, but it is probably about two and a half hours long. And Kenneth Branagh is awesome. Yeah, well, he's really good. He is really good. I was going to say that there, there are exceptions to my avoiding war movies. Okay. Like if it's a war movie that features a submarine. Oh, yeah, you'll see it. Right, like The Hunt for Red October. I'm <laughs> there. I'm, so, I'm yeah, right there. Yeah, I think I could wanna... watch that one every day. I wouldn't get bored of it. Right. So maybe more um, speculative war rather than literal war stories. Oh, uh, yeah, the down in the trenches shooting at each other stuff. Yeah. I just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Not so favorite. Um, hey, did you happen to watch Red Notice? Um, no, I didn't get to it. Oh, it's so much Tell fun. Well, it's um, a caper movie. It's a heist movie. And um, it's all three I incredible. Love heist yeah, I it's know, three I incredible. I won't say too much. It's three incredible performers. Uh, the Rock. Gal Gadot, who plays Wonder Woman in Wonder Woman movies, and then Ryan Reynolds, who I adore. He just makes the world a better place. Super, super funny. He was Deadpool. So there's your Marvel connection. They've all been in Marvel movies, I think. And um, I guess Gal Gadot and, and Dwayne Johnson have been in a few movies together. I didn't realize that. Anyway, That's Dwayne, the Dwayne Rock. Johnson, The Rock. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So anyway, I really recommend it. It's a lot of fun. He it, probably really wishes he could drop the Rock business. I guess. I don't know. You know, it's like John Mellencamp. Ha- uh, he finally had to like put his foot down and say, no more cougar. That's, I it. Know. That's it for the I know. cougar. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, people, uh, I guess, yeah, he I don't know. He needed a record, record contract. Right. Look Actually, I heard a, uh, an interview with him, and basically that's what he said. He said I was like a kid, and they offered me this contract, and it was right. like a chance to make a record. And what was I yeah. going to say? No. Yeah. And suddenly I'm John Cougar. Right. I guess that's pretty rude. They didn't like his last name. So he got his name back. That's smart. 
Yeah. And so anyway, I, I highly recommend it. I won't tell you anything. It's just good, clean, fun. Get a bag of chips and watch it. It's just Great. a cup of tea and some cookies. You'll love it. It's just some good, funny lines and some good action. And uh, they're stealing eggs that belong to Cleopatra. So it's just a lot of fun. It's got a little Great. bit of everything from classic adventure stories. So it's and sort it's of a, on it's like a comedy thriller. It's totally well, a comedy. At least Netflix in your country. Oh, I don't know maybe it's not there. In, in our country, I'd have to check. Oh, I never thought of that, right? Because it did our, go in the our, theater. Uh, our Netflix roster is way different than America's right. Netflix roster. Some of these big blockbuster releases, though, are international because it didn't. they can't do it in the theater. It was supposed to come mm-hmm. out a year ago, you know, that whole okay. thing. So well, I we'll, think it we'll, might be on Netflix. We'll check it out in between yeah. episodes of yeah. Startup, which seems to have an undefined number of seasons to it. I know. It just I'm goes gonna, on and on and on. I'm going to try and watch that tonight. Um, I'm oh getting God, ready. You'll probably like it. I'm yeah. probably going to have to talk about this stupid thing. More. We're getting ready to have our annual fight over here in the house. Oh, yeah? Ready? Yeah. It's putting up the plastic on the windows. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and we usually have some kind of our nerves are shot. And it's cold. The wind is coming. Would you like to have a discussion about it here on the air? I, mean, I know Stag's yeah. there because he waved. Yeah. Maybe he'll come out and discuss no, it. No, he's making lunch right now. No, he knows it. We joke about it. Um, because I stand in the windowsills and he has to hold me by my butt while I balance and tape up the tape, the two-sided tape, and then put the plastic That's on That's kind of fun. Yeah, well, we usually get our nerves are shot by it. Which just it's a, Every year we're like, oh my God, let's hire somebody next year. Let's not do this again. So I have jobs like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I one of them was, I, you know, I, back when we lived on Blackthorne, Sheila asked me to change the tap. She came home with this, <laughs> with this tap and I'm the worst on plumbing. And part of it is to do plumbing, <sighs> you have to be able to get into small spaces. And I am not the small space guy. Okay. As you know. Yeah. So I did this. I did everything. I followed like YouTube videos yep. to make sure I did it right. I got everything set up and it didn't work. No water oh, came Jesus. Well, it turns out after, like, I spent hours trying you to, get to turn the done. water back on. Oh, it turns out what the problem was, was it was a faulty faucet. Oh. And no water was ever going to go through. <laughs> so you didn't have to do all that crawling around after all. Oh, so I did all this work. So <laughs> Sheila takes it back to the store and she walks up to the service counter and says, junk incoming. Oh, wow. And of course, you know that they put it back on the shelf because that's, yeah. that's what they do. Yeah. And she came back with another one and I set it up in 20 minutes. So anyway, when <laughs> she came in with this new faucet for the uh, the bathroom here, mm-hmm. um, I thought, oh, my God, not a faucet. So <laughs> Sheila comes in and she's got this faucet in a box yeah. and she plugs it down right here by the computer yeah. and gives me a due date. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I've got... I've got the due date and she's giving me lots of notice, like a month's notice uh-huh. when she wants this thing done. Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. the due date was on the weekend. I oh. waited for the last possible oh, time to do it. And <laughs> finally there was, there's no time left. I went to do it. And so I, I did the faucet part mm-hmm. and I thought I'm not going to do this, the, the drain part because there's nothing wrong with the drain part. <laughs> so I do the faucet part yeah. and the faucet I'll tell you is black. Oh, and it's got a drain part that's black. Is that like the drain part that was in there is chrome? Okay. So of course Sheila comes in to have a look at it. She says, "Well, aren't you going to do the bottom part?" Oh dear. Oh man. So what's wrong with the bottom part? Well, I wanted to have it with the black insert, 
And then I'll have other black accoutrements in the bathroom. <laughs> so it's like, I'll try. And I'm totally like, we're dealing with drains here. I've had me and drains have a, a, a long and started bad history. I'm impressed like, that you even do it at all. I would hire Oh, somebody. I've tried, but you know, I take everything apart and then I can't wow. fit it together. And then I'm trying to find some guy at the, the Home <laughs> Depot who right. can tell me how to really do it or yeah. which part to really use. Because yeah. I am like hopeless at that stuff. I'm totally, <laughs> I'm totally hopeless handyman. Oh, I couldn't okay? even begin. Yeah. So I go and I take the thing apart and I put it together and it takes me like 15 minutes. <laughs> it was so easy. Oh, wow. That's it great was like news. so completely that's easy. Fantastic. I felt really kind of stupid, you know, because, you know, I put it off for almost a month and I stalled and I whined and complained a little bit and it was mm. actually not a hard job. Mm. So I have to say I was wrong. <laughs> well, Don't good job. It feels so great when you get a household chore done like that. You know, my dad used to say, Son, mm -hmm. I may not always be right, but I'm never wrong. <laughs> I feel That's, like that. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Um, I just want to respond. I'm going to share this on our Facebook page, too. It's Dr. Lyle Thurston, who did the experimental LSD in Regina when he was a med student. And he went on to be a doctor, and he also carried on doing LSD. He has a very compelling personality. I'll share a little thing I wrote about him on our Facebook page. Just an answer to Andy Andy's uh, email. All right. Yeah, I was blanking on his name. I thought it was Kyle. It's Lyle. Sorry, <laughs> it's been a while. Um, hey, we watched a little uh, a little documentary on Netflix. Oh, um, just I, I was doing a search for something. I think it was on Netflix, and mm -hmm. maybe or it might have been on Crave. I don't know. I thought it was on Netflix. Okay. Anyway, we're doing a search for something, and this came up. I thought, oh, let's watch this. It's called Con Man. Hmm. And I thought, well, I like con man yeah, movies. Yeah, me too. Well, it's a true crime. It's a true oh, crime con, man, con wow. man thing. It's a documentary. And it's a short documentary. It's like, I don't know, 40 minutes or something. It's not really mm -hmm. very long. Uh, and it's about it's from 2003. And it's about a guy named James Hogue. And James Hogue, when he was in high school, was a star runner. And hmm. after high school, like a long time after high school, like 10 years after mm -hmm. high school, he went back and enrolled in a high school <laughs> and said some real cockamamie story, like I was homeschooled, raised in the woods <gasps> or something. Oh, but he and, already been to high school. Oh, yeah. And he's now 10 years older. Oh, my Pretending God. that he's 16, but he was actually like 25 or 26. And he goes to high school and he is like the best runner they've ever seen in this high school. Wow. And he went to the high school. Um, so and, desperate. Yeah, but he got he got caught and mm -hmm. he got caught and he did jail time. He went to jail for like a couple of years mm, wow. um, for impersonating himself. I guess mm -hmm. I, I, uh, whatever he did, it was illegal. So okay. um, well in jail, he applied to Princeton <laughs> and he had this another whole cockamamie story about how he wasn't really have any formal education, but um, these are all the things I'm interested in. And mm. these are like the books I've been reading and I've been educating myself. And they were so compelled by his desire to learn um, that they, they considered his application. Plus, mm. they saw his they they 
they saw that he was after uh, an athletic scholarship and they talked to the coach, I guess, or they had somehow they knew he was a great runner. Right. So they, they <laughs> wanted him, they wanted him on, on the Princeton running team. So anyway, they got accepted to Princeton, but he couldn't show up for the start of school. Why? Because he's, he's still in jail. <laughs> so he managed to get a deferral wow. for a year and, mm. uh, and then showed up at Princeton where he's just got out of jail and he joins the track team. And man, is he ever good? They're all <laughs> excited about it. And this girl from the high school that he had got caught impersonating himself at, mm -hmm. well, she goes to Princeton. Oh, and she's out there watching the track meet and she sees this guy and recognizes him right away. Well, he doesn't, doesn't he tell them who he is or does he make up a personality? Oh, he makes up another completely different oh, personality. identity. Oh, wow. So he's a, he's a serial fake identity guy. Oh, wow. And he knows he is. Yeah. He knows that his behavior is considered unacceptable right. by people. Um, and he, he doesn't really know why he doesn't accept that. He feels that he needs to start over and have a clean slate. Wow. So he does this, but he gets ratted out by this girl who goes oh, up wow. to the like the coach and says, you know who this guy is? Yeah. Hmm. He went to my high school and he went right. to jail. Right. Oh, um, wow. Well, it turns out that um, the folks at Princeton weren't amused with the whole thing. So oh. he got, got kicked out of Princeton. I think he went to jail again. Oh, and then the guy who did the documentary tracked him down into Colorado where this guy, he was living under his real name uh -huh. in Colorado and he had bought some land <laughs> and he was going to, I don't know, build a shack out there or something. Anyway, this guy tracked him down and talked to him. <laughs> and again, the guy said, no, well, I wanted to start over again. Hmm. And so it was a weird little story hmm. about, hmm. This guy who has this serial desire to uh, impersonate other people. And right. the, the person at, he impersonated at Princeton was someone who had died just after birth. And somehow oh, wow. he was able to find that person's SIN number. Crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, he did his research. He, he was quite good at this. And apparently he was a star student too. He's a really <laughs> bright guy. He just had this little affectation. All he, all he had to do was just do it straight up. Well, probably if he didn't join the track team, mm -hmm. he could have got his degree mm -hmm. and right. been very successful. Right. It was right. because he put himself in front of the public on the track mm -hmm. team that he yeah. was busted. Yeah. Wow. Complex. So, Some people just have to lie all the time. They can't yeah. do a straight story for some reason. It's like a compulsion. Yeah. And I, I guess, guess it's insecurity too. I don't know. Well, maybe. I don't know. I mean, not wanting to be yourself. Yeah. Not I mean, I, I sort of understand it. Yeah. You know, if I hear my recorded voice, <laughs> I which we're doing right voice. now, just so yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. So, um, if I listen to it back, I hate yeah. how it sounds recorded because it doesn't sound how it sounds to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like, oh God, I have such an awful voice. I can't believe I would actually put it out there for people to listen to. My voice is so terrible. So I understand how people want to be other than themselves. Right. But of course, the only person you could ever be is yourself. 
Right, because I, I don't know where I came across this was that you only can, oh, I think I saw it on Facebook. It was great. Someone had a little thing on Facebook, like you can go ahead and be whoever you want, but after three months, it's going to be obvious who you really are. It was something like that. It was pretty good. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You can't hold that together longer. You know, I took um, journalism before I took art in Calgary. And um, at that time, you know, you had to write news stories, go out in the city, interview people. They'd give you these assignments and you did a mock. You did a real story. It didn't go anywhere. You just did it for your homework. And at one point, um, we also had to take a communications um, course, like about presenting yourself in public, radio, TV. And so we recorded our voices and we had to read these scripts. And the woman who taught it, I think I probably told you this already. She was like, you will never work in in audio or on radio your voice is terrible <laughs> I was like oh well I guess I know that now I used to have to uh, uh, work with people sometimes to improve their public speaking uh -huh. when we were going to put somebody at my job on the air mm -hmm. and um, I worked for I worked for Canada Post and we mm. would bring um, people into our plants at Christmas time because it's a good news right. story, right? All those right. packages are being sure. delivered and people like to see them like whizzing by on conveyors mm -hmm. and that sort of stuff. So I would have to, um, I would have to sometimes coach people uh, who are going to be on the air to, to help them out. Yeah. And one of the things that I discovered is that if you have some kind of affectation that you do mm -hmm. and you stop it, mm -hmm. like for instance, let's say you move your fingers around. Mm -hmm. And so to stop it, you clasp your fingers together so you mm -hmm. can't do it. Yes, of course. Well, you might start twitching your shoulder. That's right. Or you might start saying, um, or you, or let's say you say, um, and you try to stop saying, um, mm -hmm. you'll say something else. True. It just keeps, you keep trying to, to cover the thing that you want to avoid and it comes out somewhere else, either, um, some yeah. other part of your body or something it's it's quite fascinating it is it at that point you really almost need to take meditation to to be able to go beyond a tick or a mannerism you've got to do something that's inside of yourself to get rid of it you can get rid of it but you've got to do something like that so that you understand why you're doing that nervousness it's a nervous response yeah and you can get rid of it by like you know by practicing oh so i mean you know this i had a valley girl accent really that that was the problem i had a crazy accent crazier than it is now um you know obviously when i get if i have a few drinks i might start saying for sure um i remember i was out in connecticut with our, our friends out there and, she, and his wife was like you have to stop saying for sure i was like oh i didn't even know i was doing it it'll come out every now and then but it was really my accent i think and my poor pronunciation of words and also uh, media changed it became you used to be almost like a robot to go in in radio you had a radio yes. voice um, everyone had to fit down this tunnel and then that changed in the um, 80s and 90s where having a unique voice became actually a cachet it yes. became um, something very good to have um, they used to change people's names like John Mellencamp you know just like that they would change um, try to make you not be ethnic um, oh yeah, absolutely. There's yeah. many of our radio personalities here in, in Toronto have had their names changed by the station. Right, right. And where City TV was kind of cool because they just let everybody keep their, their original names, their accents, whatever. Now, it's funny because in, in broadcasting in Chicago, we're, we're finding that even the voices that I heard when I first moved here are going away now. The Chicago accent is disappearing. 
that old Da Bears, is actually going away now. It's been kind of watered down, which is kind of crazy. I have I have a dog here who's trying to get yes. my attention. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm I guess we've been going on too long. Maybe I'll read my proposal. Oh, and, yes. Uh, you we'll, found your proposal? Yeah, I did find it. Yeah. Okay, read it. Okay. So it's called Corpuscular Sweets, Hollywood Logos, Corporate Brands, Masks, and Cormac McCarthy. Particular stories, artifacts, and visual arts have a tradition of embedding time, numbers, locale, celestial events, and season into art in order to transmit information and support cognition and memory. I suggest that Cormac McCarthy is working in an overlooked recurring structure in many disciplines that often utilizes enigmatic language and a deliberately subtle hidden structure portraying the idea that the hidden truth of a mystery can only be approached indirectly. When Cormac McCarthy's over Within Cormac McCarthy's over are some outstanding logos and brands, including Heineken beer, Texaco, Petrol, and Coca-Cola. Is there something to be gleaned in these referenced icons? I plan on exploring the history of these logos and hidden design through some of the food served during Stuart Court masks and Indigo, Idago Jones and Robert Flood stage designs to the structure of No Country for Old Men and Flood Wordian. In previous presentations, I demonstrated the number patterns, such as 46 gang members on page 46 of Bloodwordian, the word moon appearing 28 times in the novel. This time, I will further ex explore the connotations of such pagination by comparing McCarthy's selected works to Renaissance theater design through the lens of the origins of the word architect as a builder, carpenter, and the design of an artifact. The pagination of 24 chapter sections in Blood Meridian, it's 365 pages. Its obsession with counting and other time-based patterns link McCarthy's structure to many other disciplines. The idea of a narrator as an architect is also something I will explore. For example, architect is from the word archon and tech, ruler, chief, or lead, leader to weave and fabricate. Several other contemporary artists have created a narrator as constructing reality such as Westworld and the Matrix, as well as McCarthy himself and the counselor. I will also demonstrate that the film No Country for Old Men is a structured in a folding narrative, not unlike Idaho Jones's Renaissance Greek revival stage panels. This suppressed design in McCarthy and Jones are Vitruvian and contrasted with corporate logos display McCarthy's work as an evolution connected to Greek theater, mystical pilgrimages, distributed cognition and scientific theory embedding his artifacts with accounting, just like our ancestors who marked the moon's phases on bones. Also, thank you, that was it. Um, I wanted to say, guess what? I'm also gonna be in a panel talking about the Matrix. Great. So I'm pretty excited with George. Remember our guest, George? Yes, of course. Yeah, so we'll be um, doing that because the new Matrix movie is coming out. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of our guests, yes. You know, recently we had the fabulous hand reader uh, Madison Joy yes. on. Yes. Well, I've arranged for uh, for Sheila to get a hand reading. Great. Which I think is happening around the end of the week. Fantastic. Um, she's getting the full meal deal hand oh, hand reading. Great. And, uh, she's really looking forward to that. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, so cool. uh, to our listeners, uh, if mm -hmm. you want to have your hand read, uh, you can find Madison Joy on Instagram mm -hmm. and um, you can contact her through there. She does a fabulous job. And if you want to see for yourself, you can just listen to our episode. 
That's right. So I think that's great. Truth Amplified is what she, her name on, um, on Instagram. We better share that again. I think her yes. email is truthamplified at Gmail too, if I'm correct. But it's, really Instagram is the best way to contact It is. Her. It is the best way. And then you can see some beautiful photos of her um, and get to know her and send her a DM. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, I love for, it that Sheila is going to get a reading. Oh yeah. I, I think, uh, well, you know, I, a couple of years ago, I, I got her a numerology uh, love reading. It. Love it. Um, and uh, so this, uh, this will be kind of related in a way. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Fantastic. Uh, so I think that's, that's pretty exciting. And uh, yeah. I'm sure uh, I'll, I'll hear from Sheila after that uh, as, the, <laughs> as to how it went. And I'm sure it'll be really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, also to our listeners, um, you know, we love to read, uh, emails on the air. Yes, we do. And so that means we would like to read yours, which <laughs> means that you need to get in there on your computer to the agency.podcast at gmail.com and send us some words. Yay. And who knows? We might send you some swag yeah. if you're really nice. Yeah. yeah, we will. Okay, on that note, I'll talk to you later. 